You're listening to episode 131 of the Mad Chatters podcast, March 29th, 2017. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. I'm Derek, and joining me today are my fellow co-hosts, Matthew. Oh, you're here too. And Jeremy. It's always sunny in (laughs) wherever I am. (laughs) I don't know. I was trying to think of something witty there. Uh, We're off to a good start. On today's show, we're going to do another Mad Q party, which we always enjoy. That'll be a little later. And, of course, we have to give some updates on the Munch Madness Tournament as we get down to the final round. But first, I want to talk about something that Disney announced at the end of last week. Something that's coming to Hollywood Studios that's not Star Wars Land, that's not Toy Story Land, and that doesn't suck. So this this is this is new territory for Disney news when it relates to Hollywood Studios. But I want to talk about this new concert that's coming called The Music of Pixar Live, a Symphony of Characters. It is coming to what's that theater called? Where Beauty and the Beast The Hollywood Theater of the Stars. Theater of the Stars. Theater of the Stars where Beauty and the Beast live on stages. Don't worry, Beauty and the Beast fans, that is not going away. But following the regular daily performances of Beauty and the Beast, three times each night, there will be a live concert featuring memorable memorable music from Pixar Animation Studios films, complete with a live orchestra and appearances by Disney Pixar characters. All right, what do we think about this? Love it. Yes, brilliant a move in the right direction. I'm a little nervous about the the appearances by Disney Pixar characters. I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Like, is joy and sadness going to come out and start dancing for us in the midst of yeah, the, the a concert? Tasteful, a tasteful um, video presentation, mm. very similar to the the little the little the things people are doing now with Harry Potter and Star Wars and Jurassic Park. You know, where they're playing the movie mm-hmm. with actual live soundtrack uh, orchestra there that would be good i don't know about characters doing stuff this surprises me though because this is not going to appeal to the fan base that disney often tries to appeal to that's why they have the characters out there true but even with the characters i don't think it's going to appeal to them uh this is not going to appeal to the young families with the young children uh they're not going to sit through this but it is going to appeal to people like us, which I think is a large, silent majority. Maybe not majority, but a large portion of the Disney fan base, nonetheless. Maybe not large. <laughs> and we're not silent. We have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that. But you know what I'm saying? There is a portion of the Disney community that this is really going to uh, appeal to and really going to enjoy this. And I'm glad that they are doing it. Yeah. agree. I hope they do the Bugs Life Suite. 
Oh yeah, that's my favorite one. That is really great. See, I actually really like the in- the music from Inside Out. Um, I know that's one of the newer ones, but it's great. Yeah, I'm really excited about this, and I also love that it's going to be at night. And I realize in the summer it gets darker later, but I think sitting in that theater when it's dark outside and the lights are shining on the orchestra, I think it'll be so cool. I think it's a great fit for a theater that is modeled after the Hollywood Bowl, which is known for just its live concerts. I mean, that's what it does primarily. I think this is great. The only thing is, when's the last show of Beauty and the Beast? I mean, it's usually the evening, right? Like four uh, maybe like four, five o'clock. Uh, okay. Because I'm like, how are you going to fit three concerts in between that and Fantasmic? Because obviously you can't do this at the same maybe time. Maybe they'll stop earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Which, that wouldn't be the worst thing. No. Maybe they'll stop altogether, and that would be the best thing. Oh. Can you imagine if this theater like packs out for all the concerts and they this finally makes them decide to go a different direction with Beauty and the Beast? That'd be great. Anyway, so that was the big news from last week. We're all very excited about it. It starts May 26th. So if you're going to Hollywood Studios this summer, you'll have one more show to look forward to. But now that the news is out of the way, let's kick off this week's show with a brand new segment. has a great tagline for instance jaws 2 just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water arguably the tagline is more recognizable and well-known than the movie itself uh so what we want to do is we want to look at some of the taglines that have been um famous throughout hollywood history and think about what if we could attach them to a disney film so that's what we're going to do in this segment here. Give our Disney taglines to popular films. So we'll start. Uh, Alien. Do you guys remember the movie Alien? Oh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver. Great movie ride. Sweaty animatronic. We all recognize it. Yeah. In 1980-whatever, when that movie came out, Alien, the tagline was, In Space no one could hear you scream mm. now what movie what disney film do you think that would be a perfect tagline for Derek. in space no one can hear you scream born in china <laughs> why just because i feel like it's not a very good place to be born <laughs> not if you're a girl these are facts. Wow, this Sad segment facts. took a turn that I <laughs> do all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't understand the in space part. You just that just was at it didn't matter. Just the screen part, right? Right. Yeah. In in this space, I don't know. <laughs> in the space of China, <laughs> no one can hear you scream. For me, I was picturing that. Uh, well, this is what I'm speaking. Or thinking, uh, I, I always hear the tagline in that movie uh, announcer voice, like, "Coming to theaters this May, in space, no one can hear you scream." Wally, <gasps> Wally's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and like the scene would be like the defined dancing scene in the background. Yeah. I don't know why, but that would be it. <laughs> 
I was yeah, I was thinking of when he does the fire extinguisher thing and like disappears for a minute, like, well he's gone. And so Wally was yours as well, Matt? Yeah, Wally was mine. Wally. Okay. That probably makes more sense than Born in China. Well, I yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little it's bit, a so. new game. It's a new segment. We're working out some kinks. Although, arguably, that tagline might actually make me go see that film. <laughs> exactly. Whereas <laughs> the promise of two and a half hours of John Krasinski does not. I don't know why you don't like him. That's just weird. It's just a odd choice. Like, hey, the, the panda bear. Oh, is that? I think <laughs> I think he would be a great narrator. But anyway, okay. Next, the next uh, movie tagline is from the 1995 classic Coen Brothers film Fargo, and that is a lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. Matthew, what film did you pick for this? Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> A whole lot happened in that movie. <laughs> like, literally, from that point when I think about Africa and jungles, when I was little, I was like, like, what if this kind of crap actually goes down? And <laughs> <laughs> There's no human beings even anywhere present, but all this drama's happening. Mm. My answer is literally nowhere. The black hole. <gasps> <laughs> I like that. A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my answer was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Because it is always <laughs> struck me. How do these seven men live in the middle of nowhere? And not only live in the middle of nowhere, but mine these big diamonds. I mean, come on. Well, they only look big because they're dwarves. Ooh, good thought. Yeah, why aren't they living somewhere else if they're mining these diamonds? Yeah, for real. They so. could have done bought an army and, and kicked out uh, the queen. So what I'm saying is, children, run away, go into the woods, clean a house, and you never know what might happen to you. Okay, our next one. An 80s classic. Oh my goodness. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We all remember that film and the tagline, One Man Struggle to Take It Easy. Derek, what film did you pick for that tagline? I chose The Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just he just wants to take it easy. He doesn't want to be bothered by creepy ghosts or by annoying people who work for him. Who why can't they just work on Christmas Day for crying out loud? A Salvation Army, they just stay, <laughs> just leave me alone. Annoying family, yes. I've always thought that about Scrooge. So just leave the guy alone. <laughs> you would. You would think that about Scrooge. <laughs> you are the only person I know that identifies with Ebenezer Scrooge. That's, that's, that's the moral. Of People just leave him alone. I don't sympathize with his attitudes, but if he wants to be left alone, just leave the guy alone. You don't want to observe Christmas. Don't observe Christmas. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want the guy just to do Christmas because you're supposed to. Uh, that's true. Uh, my answer for this was um, one man struggle. <laughs> to take it easy. Up. <laughs> the story of Carl Fredrickson. Yeah, you know, yeah. all he wants to do is take his house to the edge of the cliff and sit in his recliner and die. That's all he wants to do. Well, and at yet, the beginning, all he really wants to do is enjoy his house. And they start well, building on it. 
crap around. Yeah, him. he just wants to stay home. But now he's got to put up with construction workers. He's got to put up with an annoying Asian child who's obese. He's got to be put up with uh, an emu or whatever that thing is, a talking dog, a crazy old man. Like, just leave the man alone. Let him be. My answer is, what's the tagline? Jeremy, you say it again for us. One man struggle to take it easy. Sword in the stone. <laughs> and it's Merlin, right? This, uh, okay. I'm just here in my little shack in the woods. Some annoying little teenager come romping around and suddenly I gotta go on an adventure. He loves it. Well, our, our comedies. Yeah, he just wants to be left alone. That's why at the end he basically abandons the kid and goes to Bermuda. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Watch your mouth. Okay, our next one. I didn't realize we all said it. Uh, the movie Platoon. Platoon. The first casualty of war is innocence. That's a great tagline. It is. Now, here's my picture, okay? So, uh, you remember the scene in Mulan? Well, I'm just going to say, my film is Mulan. And particularly, it's going to say in the trailer, that scene in slow motion when the naked men run by her to run into the uh, water (laughs) to bathe. So it's going to be like, Mulan, the first casualty of war is innocence. And her face when she sees the naked men. Cannonball. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Um, mine is Old Yeller. Oh. Just because oh. that movie just kind of takes your innocence <laughs> when you watch it as a kid. Yeah, I never watched it because I knew that's that's the that's the reputation it had. I don't like to I don't like to have my heartstrings pulled on purpose. Mm. Um Mine is Pinocchio. I thought that was pretty accurate for Pinocchio. Because he's a boy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or because the donkey tree. <laughs> more or less just thinking about him going against his conscience and learning things the hard way, but... If you want to go all creepy, sixty minutes. <laughs> Matt's eyes are like darting left and right. Like, did he just say because he's a boy? <laughs> he's a boy. Yeah. All right. Well, Alfred Hitchcock made his uh, stake in in Hollywood history with the movie Psycho. We all remember Psycho, and the tagline to that film was the classic story about a boy and his mother, Perfect. and so. I think that there's no better film for that tagline than Bambi. Aww. Everybody knows the classic story of a boy and his mother getting shot. Yeah. (laughs) The tale is old as time, as they say. It's about 15 minutes long. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, there goes the mother. The classic story about a boy and his mother. Heavyweight. (laughs) <laughs> but they understand it's not really about a boy and his mother but that would just be funny if that was no it really is because he probably is fat and has uh, an unhealthy uh, attitude towards food because of his mother mm. and the way he treat or she treats him 
I'm on yeah. board with that. There's some there's some Freudian stuff there. Yes. As there is in my answer, which is the entire Star Wars saga. Hmm. That's wow, true. yes. Ooh, deep. Mm. I like that. The boy being Anakin, right? We we got it. Thank you. Okay. I was helping people out that <laughs> might be like, what? All right. Uh Derek, I know you watch this movie at least once a week, and that is Saving Private Ryan. You just love that film more than anything. I I mean, I don't watch it once a week, but I do love that film. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, uh, the, the tagline to Saving Private Ryan, the mission is a man. <laughs> Does anyone have a, uh, a film that would better tag that? In uh, Saving Private Ryan, I do, I do. Yes, it's bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I don't get it. Get it? <laughs> Come on. The mission is a man. From the beginning, it's like this woman needs. She needs a man. You know, mm. <laughs> Eglantine. If this is just a man. She wouldn't be so crotchety all the time. Oh, I see. I understand what you're saying, because my film, I took it, if you had Frozen from the perspective of Anna, then that would be the perfect tagline, because she's all about getting a man at the beginning of that film. Yeah, but bed knobs and broomsticks. (laughs) (laughs) Are you using that as like an innuendo? No, I just mean she needs a man. And when she finally meets uh, the dad from Mary Poppins, everything just is the way it needs to be. And then he goes marching off to war. It's like, well, crap. Well, speaking of innuendo, the mission is a man. Holes. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on quickly. Uh, when I think of the 1980s, I think of The Terminator. No doubt you guys have seen that movie. It's a ride at Universal, or an attraction, a show at Universal. The <laughs> 3D thing. Classic, timeless. Uh, the tagline for that film was, The Thing That Won't Die and The Nightmare That Won't End. Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I smell what you're stepping in because my tagline was Home on the Range. (laughs) It died pretty quickly. That's true, but but the nightmare doesn't end for about 90 minutes. Uh, Mine's frozen. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we're all on the same page on that one. I mean, I like frozen, but I mean. I do too, but it's like the thing, it won't die and it's a never-ending nightmare. At the parks, at least. Yeah. I don't need anything else frozen. Thank you. Okay, uh, the next one. Something about Mary. Classic Hollywood comedy. Something about Mary. Love is in the hair. Derek, what was your tagline for love is in the hair? This takes a little bit of thinking, maybe. Or maybe not. The Country Bears. Uh... Because they're hairy. They're, yeah. I like that. Minimal thinking. Well, I also thought of, like, 
what a bear is in today's culture, but. <laughs> oh, this is a fun segment. <laughs> That's, wow, Derek, I did not expect you to go there. Very, very good. Very relevant. Right? Uh. My pick for this film is Brave because she know you, you know she got a lot uh, of hair yeah. and she'd be dropping it all off. So I'm just picturing like <laughs> dropping it off. I mean like her, her <laughs> hat. I'm picturing okay. <laughs> Stay with me. The trailer is the scene where she's doing the archery, you know, and she's pulling it back and it's like coming this May. Brave. And then she like pulls off her headdress and the hair comes out. And then she yeah. shakes it, and it's like, love is in the hair. And ironically, yeah. there's no love interest in that film. She but her loves family herself. turns into bears, which brings us back to your your <laughs> premise. Well, that's just incest. Mm. <laughs> Not that kind of love. Ah, brotherly love. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Um, the obvious answer would be Rapunzel Tangled. Uh, but that's not funny at all. So I went with Beauty and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love both. is in the hair somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, yes. The next one from Dumb and Dumber. What one doesn't have, the other is missing. Pocahontas. <laughs> like language. Yes, I see that. Yeah, missing. No, they're missing charm and likability. Oh, oh. oh that, that that too. Zing. Uh, I went with like Finding Nemo because I'm thinking he's missing his fin and Dory's missing her mind. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I said, the princess and the frog. You lost what you wanted, or what? You get what you wanted, but you lost what you had. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Got what you wanted. You lost what you had. Okay, this is this is probably my favorite one because I think there's the endless possibilities that are attached to it. From the movie Knocked Up, <laughs> the tagline was, "What if this guy got you pregnant?" Oh and golly! I'm just picturing like the movie poster. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. What <laughs> if this guy got you pregnant? Uh, that's great. I said yeah. Pinocchio. What if this kid? <laughs> the kid? What if this guy got you pregnant? I thought you meant like Geppetto. You're talking about Pinocchio. I'm talking about Pinocchio. Good lord. Why is Mary Poppins? <laughs> I'm thinking about Bert. What an odd couple that is. And like, how disappointed whoever Mary Poppins' family would be at her choice. I'm picturing a movie poster with just Mary Poppins on it that says, What What is this guy? guy? (laughs) No, it's her and Bert, you know? And like, chimney sweep outfit, not the, the Jolly Holiday scene, but yeah. What if this guy got you pregnant with his terrible British accent? All right, our final one. I can't think of a better place to end than a classic American film, Superman. And that tagline being, you'll believe a man can fly. Cool runnings. Oh. 
Just zip, zip, zip down that bobsled. Oh, I thought Cool Runnings too, but I was thinking Jamaica, marijuana, weed, getting high, you'll believe a man can fly. <laughs> oh, wow. It was kind I of a, a guilt by association. <laughs> I didn't end up going with <laughs> I didn't end up going with Cool Runnings. I ended up going with uh, Aladdin, and that's just... Oh. He's on a magic carpet, so you go, you'll believe he can fly. I like it. I could actually see them use, using that tagline for Aladdin. All right, my final... Uh, here it is, ready? The, 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 uh, the movie man saying, Coming this August, as you see... One hand reach up and touch an iron ornate grate or whatever it is. You will believe a man will fly. And there reaching the pinnacle is the silhouette of a spaceman. Toy Story. Uh As Buzz Lightyear leaps off the banister. And And ultimately he falls. But uh, you'll believe. A man can fly. He's a toy. Yeah. He's still a man. Okay, so that has been Disney <laughs> taglines. And if you have a humorous movie tagline that you think fits a Disney film, we want to hear about it. So send it to comments at madchatters.net. Is that the right email? Yeah, very good. I'm so proud. See, thank you. I butchered it last weekend or last week, but I got it this week. So, uh, comments at Mad Chatters at uh, uh, Facebook.com backslash Mad Chatters. Send it to us and let us know. It's time for Munch Madness! Well, you know what that music means. It's time to update our listeners on the Munch Madness Tournament. No, we didn't forget. We have narrowed it down to the flavorful four. And over the last week, you listeners and the three of us have been voting on our favorites. And now... It is time for me to reveal which two restaurants will battle it out in this last week of voting for the ultimate prize of championship. Championess in Munch Madness. Who gets to cut the napkin? So, Jeremy, remind our listeners who went head to head in the first of the two battles. Oh, it was a nail-biter all the way to the end. And that was Pecos Bill, the last remaining counter service, taking on the favorited Ohana. All right, how do you guys think this one went down? I'm you know, sure as much Ohana took it handily. Yeah, as much as I love rooting for the underdog, I don't think Pecos Bill stood a chance. Ohana probably took it. Pecos Bill did get 30% of the vote. Mm. Which, honestly, when you put it up against Ohana, like, that's more than it probably deserves getting. 
but that's a pretty substantial amount for a quick service against Ohana. But that being said, Ohana is in the championship. Yeah. Now, Matt, which two restaurants might it possibly be going against? Ohana means family, but Pecos Bill gets left behind. Is that <laughs> is that a tagline? Well, the tagline yes. is Ohana means family, which means no one gets left behind. Ah, oh, I get it. Well, it's ruined now. <laughs> Next matchup in the Flavorful Four, which will lead us to our championship round, is Boma versus Be Our Guest. And I, I personally voted for Boma because uh, Death to Be Our Guest. But um, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like bandwagon fandom will win out and be our guest will move on, maybe. Hold on. Before we move on, why don't you explain to us where this hate stems from? I have. I want to hear it again. We were billed a immersive, beautiful, well-themed dining experience in the heart of Beast's Castle where you get to feast in the ballroom right out of the movie. Even if you don't get in the ballroom, okay, there's the West Wing. It's also well-themed. Special effects, windows, lightning effects, and the beast portrait, the prince that turns into the beast when the lightning strikes, and there's a fireplace, and it's dimly lit, and there are cobwebs, and that's wonderful. And then there's the Rose Gallery. The Rose Gallery is... It's a mess hall. And it's not part of the Beast Castle. It's just a wide, open, not-as-nice cheesecake factory-looking place with literal stills from the movie hanging on the wall. And uh, no character, no theming, no, no nothing special about it. But it's the catch-all. In other words, we overbooked, so we put people in there. And aside from that, I didn't think that the ballroom turned out that great. I love the windows, again. I love the windows and the mural and the snow, and it's wonderful. But at the end of the day, it, it, it too feels a bit like a cafeteria, just because of the wide openness and the floors and the, the tables being so bare and... Uh, it's just not all that, it, that was promised, and that's why I don't like it. And the fact that it's impossible to get into, which is like, well, once I got into it, I was like, why is it so hard to get into? Okay, fair enough. There you go. Five minutes of hatred yeah. from your guest. I mean, I will agree it's a little overrated, but but I also would agree that it's one of the better restaurants in Walt Disney World. Sure, there are things that kind of annoy me because it's so loved and I don't think it deserves that much hype but I still like it's a beautiful restaurant and um, someone pointed out to me today that um, the fact you can get quick service priced meals in a place that nice really is kind of a cool experience for the if average. If you get to eat in the nice place that's the thing. Your Chances are you're going to be in that the wide open food court area. I'm calling the restaurant itself a nice place because you can't step foot in there unless you're eating at least somewhere inside so anyway but all that being said i did as well vote for boma in this matchup i as well voted for boma all right you guys i could not believe 
how close this was. Oh, Lord. I kept checking it throughout the week, and it would just go back and forth. But on the last day of voting, today, it did stay ahead by a little bit the whole time. And it ended up winning by two votes. Bomo won? I haven't said yet. Oh! <laughs> but yes, Bomo won! Ah! Yes! Faith in America restored! Yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> We're really invested in this tournament. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, go to madchatters.net slash munchmadness. It is up to you. Who will be the ultimate dining experience at Walt Disney World? Will it be Ohana at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort? The meat skewers and the bread pudding? Or will it be Boma with the zebra domes and... The animal pen. Chimichurri. The animal pen. <laughs> and the chimichurri sauce. Yeah. And the delicious squash. What was it? Butternut squash, Butternut squash soup. soup. Listen, honestly, I think that these two are worthy to be in the final two. Like, both of these are legitimately good restaurants that I think yeah. are widely accepted as good restaurants across the Disney community. They're not just uh, kitschy. They're not just known for their, you know, little hook or whatever. But across the board, they have what it takes to represent the title well. So either of these deserve the title. Yeah, I totally agree. They're both unique experiences that you can't find anywhere else, even on property. They're both in beautiful deluxe resorts. Yeah, they've got signature items for dessert. Yeah, it's hard because both of these, you could say, have good food, good theming, good atmosphere, a good experience. Both of them across the board. Like, this is a hard choice when you think about it. So, to our listeners, make a good choice. Think through it. Don't just go with your gut. We'll come back next week to find out which restaurant takes it all in our Munch Madness tournament. So, so come back for that. <laughs> Welcome to our 13th Mad Q Party, a segment in which we pose 10 hypothetical questions related to the Disney parks, the Disney films, or just the Walt Disney Company at large, and then we have fun sharing our answers. Uh, it's become sort of custom when we have a Mad Q Party to invite a guest to join us, and this time is no different. You might know him as The Daily Disney on Instagram, but on today's show we're just gonna call him Steven. It's Steven Lim. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Well, since it's your first time on the show, do you want to tell our listeners a few things about you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am actually originally from California, and I used to be a Disneyland annual pass holder um, for several years. So I love, love Disneyland Park in the original. 
Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I packed up all my stuff and drove five days out here to central Florida, which now I um, have been had the privilege to experience Walt Disney World as a regular. And now that's been the subject of uh, my photos, my Instagram of the Daily Disney. But I just love exploring the Walt Disney World Resort now and becoming a regular here. Yeah. What's the biggest difference you've noticed? Um, I think the biggest difference is the size, where at the Disneyland Resort, you can walk everywhere between the two theme parks and the three hotels, whereas at Walt Disney World, you have to you know, take monorails or buses or boats everywhere. Just the scale is a lot bigger here. What about just like the Florida culture in general? Ah, uh, yes. Florida is a lot more laid back, um, not really focused on, uh, I think Los Angeles and Southern California has this high image. Um, everyone has to try and do everything and figure out um, who they know and in Florida, just kind of do your own thing. And um, I think, yeah, a little bit more laid back. Interesting. Uh, well, there, there, I mean, we, we followed you on Instagram for a while and I, and I love that you, um, you get pictures from all over. You know, it's, it's not Cinderella Castle every day. You're all over Walt Disney World. And uh, I remember two specifically. One, I don't know why this sticks with me. It was probably a year ago, and you're going to think it's so stupid that I remember this. But you put a picture on of the the gators at Port Orleans um, French Quarter. And your caption was, Gators gonna gate. And I don't know why, but I just yeah. sat there laughing at that. <laughs> Oh man. But a while back you posted a picture of cast members in front of Cinderella Castle doing yoga. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, so uh, I am a cast member here at Walt Disney World. Um, and on occasion, Disney will uh, create events for us that are exclusive where we get to have different opportunities to experience the parks, maybe in a different way. So one of them was... Uh, yoga activity in front of Cinderella Castle. That's really cool. Kind of jealous. I assume like before the park opened. Yeah, it was sunrise yoga, beautiful, quiet, and just an incredible opportunity. Very cool. All right, well, if you guys are ready, let's get this party started. Jeremy, would you like to do the honors of asking the first question? Uh, it would be my privilege. Uh, what is something non-Disney that makes you think about Disney. Matthew. Anytime I'm in, um, I'm just going to say a hotel in general. It can be a, a nasty hotel. Not that I go to those often, but <laughs> there, there is an occasion where you don't know what you're getting into when you, when the you kind that you, uh, you, you pay by the hour. Yeah, yeah that's right. No, uh, that doesn't happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now, any hotel, this especially the ones that kind of have that old dank, uh, you know, once you get down southern Georgia, Florida, where it's humid and there might be a little mold in the AC, then um, <laughs> that kind of gives me <laughs> that Disney vibe. Maybe it's pirates or the swimming pool or or something. I, I kind of get that, and it's always been that way for me. I love staying in hotels for that reason. So it doesn't make you think of the Disney hotels necessarily. Well, yeah, there's an aspect of that, but you know, when we ever traveled down to Disney World, we would always stay a night on the way down, and so that initial Best Western 
quality and smell was like, yes, we're going to Disney World. I get that, yeah. For me, it's buses. Like any, t- I mean, except for maybe school buses. Um, any <laughs> sort of public bus or even charter buses because it makes me think of the Magical Express, you know? Oh, yeah. Every time I get on one, I'm just reminded how much more magical the Disney buses are. But still, it just, I feel like I should be, you know, hearing the Animal Kingdom music about to play and pull up in front of the gates or something. Um, what I thought of is anytime that I'm in any kind of extended line. So <laughs> I remember when I first went to the Empire State Building, my family and I, we waited for like 45 minutes to an hour and it was all just switchbacks. Uh-huh. And I was like, I kind of like this because this makes me feel like I'm waiting for a ride at Disney. <laughs> and you are. It's called an elevator. It is an elevator. But yeah, I, and it I doesn't drop. Unfortunately, it doesn't drop. That's correct. Ideally, um, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I'm in a line that involves switchbacks, I'm just oh, I'm okay with this. I try to go there in my mind in lines too. Except, Derek, I don't know if you remember waiting in line for that blasted Charlie Brown log flume ride at uh, Kings Island. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, and it was that they were they were the the line stalls were about two maybe I mean they were really small and it was hot. They were really narrow. Like I feel like there was probably a width limit of who yeah. could stand in that line, and it was yeah. ninety five degrees. And I was really trying to get the Disney vibes going, but it just wasn't happening. Sometimes it sometimes it just doesn't work. Can't come yeah. to you sometimes. Uh, for me, it's very specific, and I'm not good sometimes at waxing poetically so maybe i can't exactly convey what i'm saying but i'm gonna try so you know those mornings where the sun is really bright it's not hot but you know it's going to be hot and so then maybe there's like a nice like maybe it rained the night before or it's just really humid so you're starting to get that sticky feeling but it's not like overwhelming yet and then somebody cracks open a uh, like a bottle of sunscreen or something like that, and you get the smell. And I swear to you, I am at rope drop or in the TTC um, instantly when I when I just have that all my senses firing at the same time of that kind of feel. So it doesn't matter where I am if it's in morning time and it's all those conditions are right. I'm there. In fact, I had one of those. Uh, we had a little warm spell come through here about a month ago. And it was just a random Saturday morning. And you could tell it was going to be in the 80s that day. But in the morning, it was still not hot. But the sun was definitely starting to heat up. And I walked outside and instantly, boom, in my mind, I was at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I get that. For me, it's like it's after I think you said this after a rain on a hot day, especially if I'm on pavement. You know, like the rain on the asphalt. Uh, yeah, asphalt. Listen, like fresh asphalt. That smell is is that quintessential. My feet are are burning uh, at Disney World. Smell. Also, fresh asphalt was my nickname in high school. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you got like some food mixed in with the the asphalt smell. The Animal Kingdom. I definitely agree on the sunscreen smell, though. That's that's for sure. Disney. Smells do it very quickly. Also, when anybody bangs my ankles with like a wheelchair or a stroller, 
<laughs> I'm also at Disney. Yeah. Yes. Disney. It makes it a little bit more magical that way. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll go next. If you could scrap any counter service restaurant in Walt Disney World and introduce a new one in its place, which one would you get rid of, and what would the theme and food be like at the new one? Jeremy. Okay, I'm going to scrap the electric umbrella at Epcot, and simply because, not because it's it's bad, even though it's bad, uh, but because Epcot Future World deserves more. And there's so much you can do with that theming of, like, Future World that to just put in, it, it just sucks. And so I want, like, a... In my mind, I'm picturing it doesn't have to be Meet the Robinsons specifically, but that Meet the Robinsons type of future world. Um, very whimsical, mechanical, um, maybe even theme the, the menu to that kind of thing where like for dessert, there's like Dippin' Dots and food of the future. Space ice cream? Space ice cream, yes, because that's what we're all going to eat in the future. <laughs> we used to get that middle school, and it was always the coolest thing. And now when I think about it, I'm like, that was just like like chalky, dissolvy, I don't know what it was. Man, why you got to hate on Dippin' Dots? No, not Dippin' Dots. The, the space. No, space ice cream. Yeah, like it came in the pouches. The freeze-dried stuff. Yes. Yeah, the, the packet. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a good idea. What about you, Matt? Um, I've said this before, and obviously I'm about to say it again, and I'll probably say it many, many more times after this. I would scrap the current iteration of Tortuga Tavern, and I might take over half of Pecos Bill and make that into a very nicely themed... Like, think um, Leaky Cauldron... Uh, what's the other one? Three broomsticks. At the other side. Three yeah, three broomsticks. broomsticks. That level of theming and immersiveness into the pirates films or the pirate theme for Tortuga Tavern. So it's actually an inside, you know, dimly lit, you know, a pirate tavern rather than just an outdoor Tex-Mex place or barbecue, whatever they've got going on now. Serve some roast chicken legs and tin plates and mugs and stuff like that. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. I totally agree. Either every time. I don't. I still don't think that place has ever been opened. When I've been there, I haven't eaten it since they changed the menu between that and Pecos Bill. I've eaten there when it was Tex-Mex, and it was all right. It does make a lot of sense, especially since you have the Jack Sparrow look-alike what character walk-around guy. You could, it'd be like a trifecta. You got the restaurant, the little show, and the ride. Like a little mini land. Exactly. Treasure Cove. What? Nice. Uh, this would win much madness. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it could. It could. 2018. So I think... And I, I families with kids are not going to like this idea. But I think Pizza Fari needs to skedaddle. Um, it just... It, it doesn't fit the theme other than it having Fari in the name. You know? Whereas every other restaurant there, I think, could make a case for being sort of cultural, you know. Restaurantosaurus. Oh, yeah, Restaurantosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the kitschy culture. Well, see, Restaurantosaurus you need to keep because it's for families. So you can add some flatbreads to that menu. See? Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, and so it'll make it better for, that I'm taking away Pizza Fari. I'm with you. I despise Pizza Fari. Okay, good. 
And now it'll stink because those bathrooms always smell like pizza, which is like a good thing in my opinion, and now they won't. But since it's on Discovery Island, I think you could have an island themed restaurant with like coconut shrimp and- Oh, your tropical. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Caribbean chicken, sweet plantains, tostones, yes. fried yuca, black beans and yellow rice. Pina coladas. Uh, probably maybe pina coladas. I don't know. Daiquiris, yes. Ooh. Yeah, people would buy it. Moho pork. I claim that. Okay. And it could and it could be like Discovery Island Cafe or something. Yeah. See? Yeah. So. <laughs> kind of came uh, a little short we're, on we're the name, but <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'll keep thinking about that. Sorry. Anyway. Discovery Island uh, place where you eat lunch. <laughs> Uh, Stephen, Stephen with the PH. Stephen with the PH. Um, I was also going to say electric umbrella, but that's okay because at least we're in agreement on that. But I'll also say I know I, like I would you. probably get rid of the Backlot Express because that just seems like a big space that could be used for a different type of restaurant. Um, I think it being right next to the Indiana Jones st- spectacular, it would be awesome to have an Indiana Jones themed restaurant right there. Ah, yeah. There could be kind of like a, a Middle Eastern themed yeah. um, or Mediterranean style food or something around along those lines because Hollywood Studios needs some kind of variety in their quick service. Yeah, really so, wait, be- I got an idea. I got an idea for this. I like it. So when you order, instead of giving you like a little number, you know, like some restaurants do, they give mm-hmm. you a little idol that has the number on it and you sit it on your table. And okay. then when they bring you your food, they do like the really quick, like move the idol and slide. The <laughs> until you yeah. get the cast member that wants no part of that. And they're just like, here, give me <laughs> or until you order the soup and it slides all over your lap. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were going to say they give you a whip and you crack when you want your food. <laughs> that would go for well. Yeah, that's yeah. a little yeah. dangerous. And you, can, you can, like the Holy Grail, I'm picturing like a $7 Holy Grail drink. That's a specialty oh, yeah. item. Near cup and everything. Yeah. It's a shame because when we started this podcast, we kind of raved about Backlot Express. And every wait, s- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the Holy Grail cheese. There's it is right there. Yes. Holy Grail cheese. I don't get it. Like, that's the sandwich. Instead of a grilled cheese, a grilled cheese? Uh-uh. Ah, no. uh, holy grilled cheese. <laughs> it was a stretch. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Waka. I was just going to say, ever since they, they they did the Star Wars overlay, and now it's just like... Yeah, it's weird. Burger. Chicken nuggets. The reason <laughs> I like that place is not like, ooh, they got great food. It was just... When my wife and I moved here, we started going to... You know, Hollywood Studios, if we'd go at night, it was always empty at Backlot Express. Nobody was ever there. It was easy to get in, get food. They had the fountain drinks. You know, you can go and get all the free refills you wanted. Um, that's why we, we loved it. But it was never like, ooh, really good food. But it was decent food without the hassle. Yeah. It just seems There's your tagline right there. <laughs> decent food, short waits. Yeah. D- Discovery Island Cafe. Decent food without the hassle. No, that's going to be great food. Kids drink the Shirley Temple of Doom. 
No. <laughs> I love how you've been sitting there for five you've minutes. Been <laughs> <laughs> what? Shirley Temple. All right, should we do question three? Go for it. All right, so what is a piece of music you would want to include in a Fantasia sequel? I thought this was a really hard question. <laughs> I did too. I think the real question is who wants to see a Fantasia sequel? Ouch! <laughs> is that blasphemous to say? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I actually thought of this question and I will defend it um, because there are so many good pieces of like, you can say classical music or even just instrumental type of music um, that I think would be fun to see animation to, or at least some interpretation to. Yeah, so I thought about this quite a bit, and I came up with, I'd love to hear and see an instrumental version of We Go On from Illuminations in Fantasia sequel. I, would it be called Illuminations? Because it's I don't it, know what the segment would be called, but oh no, Jeremy wants it at a wedding. That's what it is. I think it's the perfect wedding song because it says, "As two becoming one, yes, we go yes, on." You, one, we go yes, on. you light the unity candle together every yes. e- every evening. See, yes. I, I just see it. There you it's go. Good. There you go. It's an animated marriage ceremony yeah. set to "We Go On." Yep, there you go. I like it. It's a good song. I went more up-tempo with mine. Um, I just like jazz a lot, and I think one of the ultimate jazz standards, if you will, is In the Mood by the Glenn Miller Orchestra. And I think that would be fun to get... I I feel like it would be really frantic and high energy and lots of things happening on screen. It's the... Anyway. Yes. Of course. The one standard big band song everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I thought of a few others. Like, there's Take Five by Dave Brubeck. Um, I only know this because of the movie Whiplash, which we mentioned last week. But Caravan is also a great one. I That was just on the Sirius 40 station tonight. See? I think, any, I think one of those would kind of bring it into a more modern age. Like, not that classical music is outdated by any means. Well, in uh, 2000, they did uh, Rhapsody in 2000. Blue. Oh, did they? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's not early jazz, but it's 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 almost there. Yeah, and it's not quite as up-tempo as I'm thinking either, but it's a good song. Right? But it was a good one. Yeah. It's a good little segment of that. Okay, I have two answers because, like I said, I enjoy instrumental music uh, from time to time. And one is like an oldie and one's kind of a newer. Uh, The oldie is my absolute favorite piece of classical music of all time. And it's by Bach. And it is Hers und Mond und Dat und Leben. uh, Which translates (laughs) Heart and Mouth and Deed and Life. And uh, probably the most famous piece from that is the 10th movement of the piece, which you could probably just do if you wanted to shorten it. And that is Jesu Joy of Man Desire. So you've probably heard it before. It's There we go. That is my favorite favorite piece of music. You guys are gonna make so much fun. We used to have a video game called Exodus. Yes. Oh I know it. I know it. Yes, it was on Don't you even talk. It was on Classic Nintendo. 
And the main character was Moses. That's right. Uh, and Moses had to like break through rocks or something. I don't remember, but it played that tune in like the, you know, the bits, eight bit or whatever it was called. That's funny. I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but I am too, but I had to share that. My other um, pick is from the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. Well, it's, it probably if you've seen Mr. Holland's Opus. So you know the scene when the girl with the red hair is having difficulty playing the piece and he tells her to play the sunset and she plays the song. And I just love that song. It's called Strangers on the Shore and it's from like 1960s. And uh, I just think it's a beautiful piece. And uh, yeah, I think it would be a, a nice piece to animate as well. Uh, but especially... Island's in the stream. <laughs> <laughs> that one too. <laughs> Uh, I, too, have two answers. One I just thought would be awesome, but is never going to happen. And uh, two, you know, it's not it's not going to happen either, but it's it's possible. It, it, it would be in the Disney universe to happen. So number one is um, also a cantata by Johann Sebastian Bach. Ein Festeberg ist unser Gott. A mighty fortress is our God. So this would be overtly religious and would not be in the Disney wheelhouse <laughs> at all. But 2017, 500 years of the Protestant Reformation, they could do wonders with that piece of music and some wonderful animation. It doesn't have to be about that, but just a, just a nice little nod to that. But that's in my dreams, and I'll dream about that tonight. My actual one that could probably happen but won't is Wagner's Flying Dutchman Overture. Have you ever heard this before? Maybe. You should go, you should go look it up. It was inspired while he was on a boat, tossed by a storm, and then he just composes. And it's a whole opera, but the overture is the instrumental portion. I mean, it sounds like a ship out on the ocean in a storm. And I think that would make a great little um, narrative for some animation to go on. I mean, you could hear the wind howling and the strings and all. It would just be perfect to animate. All right, there you go, Disney. We've given you like six ideas. That's right. You know, I said overtly religious, but Ave Maria is like the finale of the original Fantasia. And it's, I mean, there's monks, what, like marching with torches. So that's pretty overtly religious. Yeah. But it was also a different time. Yeah, 1941. Yeah. Question number four. If you had to give an overlay to an existing attraction using any live-action Disney film, what would you do? So, attraction and and film, and I'm guessing you need to give some ideas about how this would happen. Derek? The first answer I thought of, I'm just going to briefly mention, because it's something we've talked about on the show before, and it, I think it was Jeff DePauli's idea, and I'm kind of obsessed with it ever since he mentioned bringing Newsies to where Beauty and the Beast live on stage is, because I oh, think that is such a good fit. Brilliant. For Sunset Boulevard, right yeah. there by the little trolley, the sad little trolley, you know, merchandise stand. So we mentioned earlier that they're bringing the Pixar concert, which is brilliant. So that's a good step in the right direction. That's true. Uh, anyway, so that's the answer. My second answer is also Jeff DePauli related. He's really going to love this, I have a feeling. Bring Honey, I Shrunk the Kids back 
to Hollywood Studios because we got rid of the play area, the playground. You can bring it back. I don't know if I'd want to see this, but it's an idea. It's my answer. Put it where Rock and Roller Coaster is. Because, you know, like, it does the laser beam at you. And, like, that's how you shrink. Like, it shoots the big machine. Like, that could be the launch. Like, it looks like a big old laser. And then as you launch, it's just, like, flashes of bright lights. And then once you're in the coaster part, you see all these giant ants and blades of grass <laughs> and, I, I don't know, great. a big roll of toilet paper. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hate that idea. <laughs> <gasps> how dare you? Anyway, I don't really know how you would do that with, like, the blacklight concept. I don't know if you'd have it to It could be, just... like, nighttime. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. With, like, bug zappers all around. Bug zappers. Uh, my answer, I cheated a little bit because I picked a Disneyland attraction. If that's all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did, too, interestingly okay. enough. And I oh. hope we didn't pick the same one. Well, probably not, because I can't see you enjoying this movie. But instead of the Matterhorn bobsleds, we're uh-uh. going to have... Don't even, no, don't even do it. Don't even do it. The don't Jamaican bobsled. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is my answer. <laughs> is yes. it really? Running. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think it would be so great. And instead of having an abominable snowman, you have like a John Candy AA yeah, that's standing exactly. there. <laughs> Now look, mine was completely facetious. Like I would never, never, ever want to see this, but I thought it was a clever idea. I was thinking of John Candy. Like I, I was going to say that exact phrase instead of the abominable snowman, like a Jack Candy, John Candy, Jack Candy, John Candy. I don't even know what he says in the movie. He could say something he says from the get the bobsleds. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's a famous quote from right. Cool Runnings. No, but like oh, randomly, okay. like you hear like. Um, like the one character is always like coach, coach, like yeah. <laughs> throughout the ride, and maybe yeah, like, be in like one this person, slow part. one person gets to hold an egg the whole ride, and if your egg doesn't crack, you get like a special prize to the end. This is so interactive. Yes, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm all about guest experience, taking it to the next level. A plus, plusing the attraction. I think Walt would be proud of Jamaican bobsleds. Listen, if you can hold an egg on that ride and not break it like you deserve a gold medal listen my spine may crack but my egg would not <laughs> yeah. and you hated my idea I listen I was I was being facetious with mine but I need to give another answer I think I want to give another answer and this would not happen but when it, when I saw the movie I thought this would be awesome if they did this and that would be a Lone Ranger Big Thunder Mountain overlay. If you actually had some decent speakers in the cars playing that, the William Tell overture there at the very end, like it did, and uh, I don't know, maybe some chase sequences that you were part of, like at the end of that film. I think that'd be cool. But the media killed the movie before it even happened. So. We could get yet another Johnny Depp audio animatronic. This is he could be on top of the thing where the goat is. Exactly. Current. There you go. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked the most recent live-action Jungle Book, so I thought um, we could retheme Cali River Rapids to a Jungle Book-themed water ride, and just have some like really cool animatronics along the side. Get rid of the whole um, 
deforestation part that seems strange and I understand the concept behind it but I think it would be really cool to have like it's a downer yeah it'd, it'd be more of an adventure I think if we added some animal animatronics from from that film yeah it's like hey look the people are really bad but get ready we're going down a big flu yeah uh, and people that's, suck <laughs> yeah, that's part of the ride anyway yeah I watched that again this weekend, and I was thinking the whole time, because um, they did that, that that water show, like before Rivers of Light debuted, right. they, they briefly turned it in Jungle Book. And the more I watched the movie, I was like, I can kind of see why they tried to do this. Uh, I mean, maybe people loved it. I, it was okay to me. Um, but I, I can totally see why they tried to incorporate Jungle Book into Animal Kingdom, because it really is a good fit, that whole India, Middle Asia feel. Yeah. I thought the movie was really epic and... Um, adventurous so I think that would fit really well in that Asia section for sure okay question number five Uh, for $19 a day the express transportation option allows you unlimited transfers from park to park and it even drops you off inside the gate but what is an add-on perk that you'd pay for uh, that doesn't already exist to this package so essentially this is Disney Uber (laughs) yeah it kind of is correct what are you going to add? I'll go first on this one, just in case somebody else has this answer. I like to have it first. And that is, I think that these golf carts or whatever you're riding around in could have massage chairs like what they have at the mall. So when you get on there, you got a little dollar slot and it gives you a massage as you go from destination to destination. So it's the same thing. You're just like upping the ante a little bit. Blessing it. Yeah, plus, you know, I'm a modern Walt Disney. I don't know if you figured that out yet or not. Uh, so yeah. I'm just plusing the experience. So it's going to be the, what's it called? Express something plus with like the actual plus sign. Express at the plus. End. Express Listen, plus. imagine, just imagine though, you were like, oh, wow, I'm at the Magic Kingdom. I want to go to Animal Kingdom. Okay, that's probably going to be about a 10 minute trip. I mean, in reality, but it gets loaded, you get on the road, you know, that kind of thing. If I could have that 10 minutes in a massage chair, just like, you know, your back's hurting because you rode Matterhorn last week at Disneyland and then you came to Disney World. But, you know, <laughs> maybe Space Mountain, uh, whatever, you know, you've been walking all day, so your glutes are a little tight. Uh, that's going to be a nice 10 minutes. Yeah. My glutes are tight. Thank you. I've said it for years. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I think the refillable mug, which you can use at the resorts only, should be expanded into the parks. And I don't know how it would work exactly. um, Because you can't just... I I understand you can't just keep coming down to the park with the same old mug and getting your Coca-Cola. But if they offered, like... Or even bottled water. If you could pay... I don't know, $15, and then for a week, just anytime you go to a place with bottled water, you can scan, have them scan your little card saying, okay, I add another bottled water to my thing, and there's like a limit on it, but you can still get three or four per day or something. It would just be so much more convenient than... The Disney water plan. The water plan, exactly. I would pay for that. Because I, I always find myself like walking by the bottled water and I know the water fountain's there, but it's kind of gross and it's not very cold. And I'm like, it's just $3. I'll buy another one. But that adds up. 
But I'm like, if I could pay $15 and then for a week, just be like, all right, give me no bottled water. I have the water plane. <laughs> or the soda. Honestly, it'd probably be a lot more than $15. <laughs> well, that's probably true. But I do think the refillable, so- refillable soda idea is valid. I think they could sell a $20 big old mug that gets you unlimited drinks for a couple days. I don't know. And then you keep the mug, obviously. Or at least during the, the one day. Or one day. Even then. Are you suggesting having the fountain on the on the transportation as well? Like a, a fountain <laughs> service on there? Express <laughs> plus yeah. plus. No, no, no. I just mean at those places in the parks where you can actually get your own drink. I'm thinking Backlot Express, um, a few of the restaurants in World Showcase, you know. Yeah, uh, listen, I don't think it's that hard to hook it up to the vehicle and just, you know, get it on, load, load up, get you... You're into this whole trucking around Disney World. With <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Massages and, and drinks. And, yeah. I thought we were talking about express. What is it called again? Transportation. That was just an example. God help you. <laughs> I misread the question. My bad. <laughs> you're asking for things to add to that. That's what you're thinking, correct? Yes. Would you like to recant your answer and come out with another? No, I stand by the massage chairs. <laughs> <laughs> like for another example, Disneyland is now doing the Max Pass where you can pay $10 and do Fast Passes on your phone now. Like that was what the thought behind this was. What's something you'd actually pay money for? I read it as what would you, how would you plus the express transportation? I My think. bad. But listen, putting, putting a fountain uh, drink system <laughs> on those things no. and massage chairs. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. Do not stand no. by your answer. No, do not try to make this work. Um, well, I had two ideas. One was just one was a cheat, and it's from Disneyland. Um, I would pay money to be able to climb the Matterhorn. Oh yeah, like they oh. used to, and they like if they could do it like before the park opens, you like get to scale the Matterhorn. Um, and they like hook you up and do all the like rock climbing things. So I think that would be really awesome. Now uh, they do this at Disneyland from time to time, right? There are people that climb the Matterhorn, but not they used to, and it would be cast members. Um, I haven't seen them do it in years, though. Force perspective, I think you're actually only like five feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello down there. Yeah. Because didn't they, they used to be like the yodelers. I mean, that I think that was a long time ago. Yeah. They also had like a time where they had like people with musical instruments up there, like a, a big tuba or like, I don't even remember what instruments, but. The big, uh, the big German, uh, the big bra, what well, those things from Beer Garden. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flugenhorn. I don't know. <laughs> it's not called that. They're called, what is that rose, the rose quote? Jeremy, it's called Geflugen Flugen, something like that. I can barely reach mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's Matt's favorite Golden Girl quote ever. Yes. All right. My second uh, idea. No, I have to. My second idea. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Second idea. Um, that I think people, I would consider it, but I think people in general would pay 
in order to have the experience to ride an attraction with a character. So oh. I know they like have like there's all these commercials and you see like like the characters ride like Alice in Wonderland riding the teacups or you see a character riding the carousel and I think people would pay to be able to have that experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I always see those commercials. I'm like, that's not real. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like Rear Rabbit on Splash Mountain. Uh, now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a little surreal, though, wouldn't it? Be like, what's happening? You're not <laughs> you're, you're here, <laughs> but you're there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah, it would have to come with that. Maybe if you paid one flat fee <laughs> to ride with various characters at various attractions and you got all the prints. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'd pay like one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. to do that. You would not. You're right. I wouldn't. But I'd look at other people's <laughs> pictures. So. Jeremy and I would. You would. Yeah. Not. Absolutely. Used to be just Jeremy, but now for some reason you've gone into the Twilight Zone with him. I know. Matt, come to our side. It's fun. I brought you to this side. <laughs> I will. <laughs> There's some truth there. You're right. I will have you to know. Mine is a dining inside an attraction option. Now, we've had a question like this before. If you could have a special dinner inside an attraction, what would it be? And we had our various answers. But I think every park offers, except maybe Animal Kingdom, unless you just really want to eat inside Dinosaur, which, I mean, could be cool if it was all working and stuff, like T-Rex on, on steroids. Um Every park has an attraction or attractions that this would work for, whether it's uh, the the ballroom and the haunted mansion. Or I think my uh, my thing was like creating this kind of platform out in the middle of the the battle scene, the Pirates of the Caribbean, and have a you know little area out there to eat. Um, people do people just did the the Ellen's Energy Adventure mm-hmm. or Great Movie Ride. What they've done before, done that. yeah. So that's it. I would pay. I'd pay. That is something I would pay for. Yeah, no, that's good. But that would be expensive. Well, look, but the thing with this stuff is I would pay for something that I couldn't normally do. The thing that I'm having the beef with on some of this stuff is like, okay, stuff that you probably should already be offering to add just a little extra magic you're now charging for. That's where I get. I get bitter. That's because that's yeah you're right that's an experience that you can't just like get a party together and go do because it's off limits and the food should be themed the courses the evening should be themed to to what you're doing not just like chicken or beef but you know whatever i like it all right number six if you could spend a day in walt disney world with any celebrity with whom would you want to spend it and with whom would you least want to spend it Steven, we'll start with you. Um, I said I would definitely want to spend it with Neil Patrick Harris because he loves the theme parks and he would just be so fun to walk around all day with because he's hilarious, first of all. Um, And he just has a real appreciation for the parks um, on both coasts. So I think he'd be really fun to walk around with. He does love the Disney parks, that's for sure. Yeah. Who would I least want to spend it with? So I wouldn't want to hang out with any celebrity who 
just doesn't have an appreciation for the parks. I know there's been some people, I think like Mariah Carey went and she just didn't care. She just walked around and um, didn't ride anything and just complained the whole time. So that would just be the worst. Yeah, I love some Mimi, but I couldn't put up with that. See, I I just can't with her. I just can't. But, And that makes me feel better to know that she doesn't have an appreciation for Disney. Because I feel like now I have justification for her not being my favorite person in the world. Um... You know, after we after I asked this question, I realized that this was the question that Jeremy asked Matt and me for the 100th episode when you did our uh, like who, which chatter do you know oh, best? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. And my answer is still the same after I thought about it. Amy Poehler. I think she would be a hoot to walk around the parks with. But in addition to that, it's two people, but you're going to understand because they have to come together, and it's Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. Do you know them? It's yeah. yeah, the married couple who I just find delightful. And they're in those Samsung commercials for like the Samsung fridge. <laughs> you know, like, honey, did you turn off the fridge or whatever? Or you don't turn off fridges. That's not what he asked. <laughs> did you t- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Your words leave you when you think about celebrities. <laughs> did you turn off the refrigerator? <laughs> Listen, I like them, but I'm I'm gonna have to. Uh, I think a little bit goes a long way with those two. I think a little bit goes a long way with Amy Poehler. No, well, I'm not planning on spending two months in the parks with them. No, I'm like saying an hour. By, <laughs> noon, by noon, Dak Shepard's gonna be on my nerves. I'm just saying. Wow, I can kind of see that, but I feel like she balances him out well. So if you took the two of them together. I don't know. I just think they're my favorite married couple in Hollywood. They're they're a lot of fun. I'd hang out with her over him. Yeah, I would do that as well. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Frozen over chips any day. Yes, chips. Wow, that's very topical. Um, well see, I I mean, I kinda of feel that way about Neil Patrick Harris, honestly. I mean, I've mentioned that on the show, but he's just I feel like he's everywhere. This is to hash out everybody's problems tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but for the least want part of it, I would I wouldn't want to hate or I wouldn't want to hang with anyone who's who's just like a stick in the mud. And I get this vibe from this a certain genre of actor like Harrison Ford or Christian Bale. They're they're all just kind of like gruff, yeah, and uh, they don't seem to smile a whole lot in their personal <laughs> lives. Are you having fun? <laughs> exactly. I think <laughs> I feel awkward the whole time. It would make me really uncomfortable, I think. Especially with that whole Christian Bale video that was leaked of him, like, shouting at the entire cast and crew of Terminator or whatever that movie was. I don't know. I really wouldn't want to sit up close to him in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. <laughs> uh, my answer is Dolly Parton, because I love her so much. And I... Uh, scooter, I think. <laughs> she is not feeble. <laughs> Stop it. I love everything about her. And this was a hard choice for me because several celebrities went through my mind. But I think she would be the most fun throughout the entire day. And again, I just love her. Even though I'm worried that she's kind of short and may not be able to ride some of the attractions. Yeah. But She'd be singing uh, her own songs to people like throughout the day. That's alright. That's okay. Not too foul. I don't yes. know why she suddenly share, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think that rock and roll harness is coming down on Dolly. Uh, 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 a Dolly Parton boob joke, original. Okay. Uh, my least uh, favorite celebrity. Who's the guy in Blackish, the main character? Anthony Anderson? I hate him. He is obnoxious. And I. I mean, I love hate. everybody. Well, was, hate's a strong word. I hate him. I love everybody, but I have my limits. And I think he is so annoying in everything he has ever been in. And I have friends, even Derek has told me, you like Blackish, don't you? That movie, that show, or whatever? I do. I, I can't watch it because he just drives me up the wall. So the thought of spent. He would ruin Disney World for me. Isn't there an episode where they go to Disneyland? Yeah. Yes! And it was terrible because he was in it. <laughs> it was not very good. And I will agree that I can't think of anything I liked that he started in until Blackish. Because there was that Kangaroo Jack or something. Kangaroo, kangaroo I forgot, yeah. <laughs> the Academy Award winning Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Didn't he get a Best Supporting Actor nom for Malibu's Most Wanted? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he's obnoxious, and he, like I said, every time I see him, even, like, on interview shows, like, if, if he's on Ellen or, like, Live with Kelly or whatever, I just can't. I can't handle it. See, I get that, but, like, because I thought of a few personalities like that, but honestly, if you're in Walt Disney World, I feel like you can make a fun per personality like that work. That's just my opinion, obviously, but. I'd be like, Anthony, meet me at Epcot, and I'd go to Animal Kingdom. Oh. Wow. The ultimate burn. Wouldn't see it coming. Nope, not at all. My answer, I could honestly only think of one celebrity I would want to like spend that spend that amount of time with. Uh, Kelsey Grammer came to mind, but I went British, and because I'm currently obsessed with a, a show, and um, the dude's name is John Nettles. I'm not sure that anyone in America would know who he is. <laughs> but if, if you're a Midsummer Murders fan or you live in the UK, I think it's a fairly popular show there on regular television. Um, I, I love his character. Now, I love his character, so maybe he's a completely different guy. And that's completely possible. I might hate him, but uh, not hate him. I might hate being with him. Jeremy's rubbing off on me. It's hatefulness tonight. <laughs> I'm um, not a hater. I, I hate was a strong word. I apologize to Anthony Anderson. I do not hate you. Okay, I'm sure he cares. Uh, <laughs> He's deleting the email to the Mad Chatters right now. Probably. <laughs> He's a, a very laid back. Uh, in the show, he plays an inspector, a detective for these murder uh, mysteries. He's kind of quirky, charming British gentleman. I think you know. Hey. Just a casual day at the Magic Kingdom with Inspector Tom Barnaby would be terrific. Who I would hate to spend the day with, like, I would ditch this person, and that is uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Just stop. Stop stop talking to everyone. Just, <laughs> you're, you're my friend today. We're not doing hidden camera shows in the Main Street Bakery, okay? Let's just pay attention to me. You know, because she'd be like singing with the dance with everybody and stuff. Just stop. Settle down. Pirates of the Caribbean. She right would get now. distracted very easily. She would hire people to come scare you in the middle of something. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Just stop. Hey, can you imagine her being like, you go into like Philhar Magic and the cast member's like, 
all the way down to the end of the aisle, and she's like dancing through the aisles. Yeah, <laughs> she would do exactly that. Trying to get people to stand up and dance too. Yeah, she does the one dance, like the I'm gonna lean back like a question mark and straddle my legs around people. That's her one dance. <laughs> but that's the thing. If she did that in Phil Her Magic, everyone in that theater would be cheering and dancing along, except Matthew. I know, and it would be like, no, this is Philhar magic, not this. It's not this, Ellen. Uh, but back to your first answer, you walking around Magic Kingdom with a British gentleman is very on brand for you, Matt. I feel like yeah, that just makes so much sense. He's just a like, great character. I don't maybe maybe I should have said Tom Barnaby, not John Nettles, but that's a character, not a celebrity. So I might need to rehash that first answer. Who knows? I don't think it matters which one you say. Nobody knows who it is, so let's <laughs> <No>. move on. <laughs> no, that's not true. In Matt's defense, when I was at his house once, we watched an episode of Midsum. What's it? Midsum Murders? Mid- <laughs> Midsummer Murders. Midsummer Murders. But it's not summer like the season summer. It's got no, an like o. the county. Yeah. Fictional county. Anyways, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Question seven. If you were to add something to Disney Springs to make it more Disney, what would you do? So I took this as an opportunity to, we already know Cirque du Soleil is leaving at the end of this year. I think it would be a really cool place to bring in more of a a permanent Disney Broadway show. This is my exact answer. Perfect. Great minds think alike. I just saw Little Mermaid was just here in Central Florida. Um, I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I've seen The Lion King. I just love all of those Broadway-style shows, and I think it would fit in really well with the theming of Disney Springs and the storyline they're trying to tell. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, shows have standing places. Like Chicago, I feel like, you know, shows stay there for over a year. So I definitely think you could bring Disney on Broadway, especially Beauty and the Beast, which isn't even on Broadway anymore. Or like the Lion King has been there long enough. Exactly. It deserves a at least semi-permanent place in Disney Springs. I yeah, I think that's a great idea. Cause Lanuba, I mean, I've never seen. It. Have any of you seen it? I just saw it for the first time last week. And it was really good. I really liked it. It was okay. enjoyable. I've seen several other Cirque du Soleil shows, and this one I think had really cool acts, and it kept me excited the entire time. Okay. I mean, maybe at this point, people have come to associate Cirque du Soleil with Disney Springs. Maybe there's a huge fan base there. But for me, I would be much more inclined to see a Disney on Broadway theatrical performance. But I agree. Okay, so my answer is, I think that there's not enough about Walt in general in Disney parks. I know we have One Man's Dream, but as we've mentioned in recent years years months that that's been uh stripped down quite a bit so i would like to see something in disney springs that represents walt's early life uh particularly his time in my home state of missouri uh of course he would lived in marceline missouri which uh he considered his hometown from the time he was like six to eleven i want to say and they have a wonderful little museum there and they're very proud of walt disney in that small town and then he lived in kansas city for some time as well uh, and that's really where he got to start with the laughograms. So I don't know exactly what kind of thing you would want to put there, maybe a store or a restaurant. But I think like a laughograms 
just calling it laughograms would be like a, a nice homage to his early beginnings. And maybe the artwork, if it was a restaurant or whatever, the artwork could be themed to like that 1920s uh, newspaper, put some Walt Disney art around. Maybe the waiters and waitresses dress in like the newsboys kind of feel. Um, you know, it's just something that kind of touches base with that uh, history that's there. That's often overlooked. Yeah, I like that. I am stealing a page from Jeremy's playbook here, and that is that I'm going to add a character dining option. At first you think, well, that's just for the theme parks, but it's not. Some of the, at least Chef Mickey is not, right? And Polynesian, and there's there's lots that are available, or at least those, is that the only ones? No, and then all the little little dinky, uh, the little Disney Springs area resorts have the, the character breakfast sometimes. And they just added one to the boardwalk. boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. So this would require probably some either overhaul of existing ref- uh, restaurants or an addition of some restaurants that are catered to this kind of thing. Because you've kind of got that foodie thing going on there right now at Disney Springs. This wouldn't have to be that. And I think before uh, Paddlefish became a thing, Jeremy had thrown out a... Uh, Princess and the Frog character dining experience at, at the big steamboat, which, which would be terrific. But there could be any, any number of new new restaurants and new experiences. But that'd be fun, I think, if you had some breakfast options and maybe some dinner options that could get you away from the theme parks, but also give you that Disney experience, especially maybe around Town Center where it's kind of, eh. How about we take out Rainforest Cafe? Because do that. A, there's already one Animal Kingdom, and B, that volcano. <sighs> I love the volcano. Do you? I do because I love I love fire, and it just like erupts, <laughs> and I'm just like I, like I just fire. stop. There's I just stop whatever I'm doing. There's fire on my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for your sake, I will not get rid of the volcano. I just feel like the sight lines are kind of off with that very 70s, 80s volcano. All right, number eight. Reasonably speaking, what is one item from Walt Disney World you would want to take home and keep for yourself if you are allowed to? So reasonably speaking, one item you can take home for yourself. Okay, so the thing I want after giving this way too much thought than what it deserves is the mirror from Enchanted Tales with Belle. Yeah. And I want that to be my bedroom door. So <laughs> that way, every time I go to my room, it's like, whoosh, whoosh, and it opens up very dramatically. Yeah. Um, which doesn't sound like me because I'm not a very dramatic person. Right. Waka. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine how extra that would be if you're like, let me go to my room. Oh, wait, that's just a mirror. Oh, wait. Oh. And it like expands. That'd be awesome. You have to say the thing. What is Take me back to the night that Bell and Bees fell in love. <laughs> if every time I wanted to go to my room I had to say that, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it would. You forget your keys in your room and you run back and you're like, take me back to the place and you have to wait for it to like open. Room <laughs> <laughs> to wait and just like slowly open. <laughs> uh, that would probably lose its appeal about one day in. I do love that effect though. 
you kind of have a secondary entrance that you just use most of the time. Yeah, yeah that would just be for like honored guests. Yeah, of your bedroom. That's my personal <laughs> life is none of your business. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. <laughs> what you do behind your magic mirror is between you and, and Jesus. <laughs> When I looked at this question, I was like, oh man, I'm not going to be able to narrow it down. But honestly, I had a, re- I had a hard time coming up with something that I'd actually want to keep. Um, but in the end, I think it would be really cool to have one of the booths from Sci-Fi Dine-In Restaurant. I thought about that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I just set it up in a little movie room downstairs, and I would make it look like an outdoor drive-in theater with a big screen. I'd have, you know, dinner at my little booth. You have food. Obviously. But I could never have more than two guests with me. Or one guest, however big it is. I don't know. Three guests. You could decide. Yeah, there's... There's just... I've sat in one of those that had three rows. You could have six people. Yeah. Whoa, look out now. All of you are invited to my sci-fi movie room. If you bring food. I'd rather just go to the sci-fi dining... My answer is a Tiki statue from the Tiki room. And that's it. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Would it, like, like still move at night, like, in your room? Oh, no, and not that. Like you're trying um, to go to sleep. I should, re- I should re- rephrase from the pre-show. In fact, I think this is fairly reasonable. I just want the whole pre-show area. Let me just take that. Can I just do that? Is that reasonable? The waterfall? The waterfall the, with the... The little circular thing that opens. Yeah, and... I mean, you can keep Clyde and Claude and all that, but the waterfall and the little torches and the, and Maui and and the other guy. Uh, there's two Tiki gods there, and they're one's Maui and the other's something something. Um, tiki Tiki, lucky lucky. I don't know, but that's Probably. that. I would like that in my backyard. That'd be amazing. What's on the other side of the circular door once it opens? A mini bar. You are are you just yeah you're just sitting there with like a scotch or yeah. something. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aloha. Welcome to my backyard. I don't know. How about a a, a TV? There you go, TV. Oh yeah, I like that. A little remote control opens up the door. Yep. I had so many things for this question that I want to keep, um, but I think this is probably reasonable. It's pretty large, but it's reasonable. But I would love to have the Spitting Camel by uh, Magic Carpets of Aladdin and just can, put it. Have that. Is that reasonable? Okay. Yeah. I would love to just put it in like the front yard and just like hit cars all day. Just like push a little button and just have now, it spit out water. No, and... it's reasonable that you could have it. It's not reasonable that it's in the Magic Kingdom at this point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But you can take you can take it out. out gift I'll take it. For you. Great. Actually, you I think I think you should retrofit it to like be a vehicle, and so like you can ride it. You could to drive the store it. Yeah. Turn the head and spit at people. Instead of a horn, you have a spitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's really big though. It's really tall. It is pepper spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like your guard camel outside your house. Okay, number nine. If people who know you were asked to name the Disney character you identify with, which character would you hope they'd say, and which character would they 
probably say. Uh, this kind of reminds me of a question that was on Facebook or social media or Twitter or whatever it is uh, a few months ago where people were like tagging the three animated characters that describe them. Do you all remember that? Fat, came and went, you know, whatever. Um, so I chose, well, my three, I never participated because let's face it, I don't associate with the commoners. But if I had to pick three, I would want to think that I'm a combination of Winnie the Pooh because I am a hopeful optimistic. And I think Pooh is a hopeful optimistic at the end of the day. He doesn't let things bother him at all. Uh, um, so his catchphrase is, Oh, bother. Oh, bother. True, but he but but he's so cool, calm, and collective. Like, the worst things happen to him. Literally, in the last Winnie the Pooh movie, his innards came out of his stomach, and he was like, oh, well, <laughs> and shoved them back in. Oh, it's, like, it's all a matter of <laughs> Of, of relativity what exactly. what he's saying oh bother too yes Pooh's biggest worry is when is he going to get lunch and yes. uh, <laughs> honestly like without getting too deep into this because you know nobody cares about these kind of things on a personal level I try not to let things bother me and uh, I did for a time and now I don't so I, I kind of adapted that Winnie the Pooh mindset of just you know live for the, the small pleasures in life mm. uh, but I also identify with Sophia Petrillo because I have a little bit of sarcasm to me and, and I can cut a good line every now and then. And uh, Wilson from Home Improvement. Now, these are all Disney characters uh, adjacent, I would say. But you I like think I'm, answers. I'm Wilson because I enjoy sharing fun facts and little stories with people from time to time. And that's that what didn't he asked for them. <laughs> True, but. Anyways, it's a cross I have to bear. Uh, so that's what I would like to think people would say about me. But most likely, people probably think I'm more like Olaf, where a few people kind of think I'm cute and, and endearing, but most people find me annoying. Oh. No, I was going to say like Lumiere, like like a showman, like oh, thank over you. the top. <laughs> hey, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. I've said I've said I was Lumiere and Derek was Cogsworth for years. <laughs> Dare I say flamboyant? I, I'll hey yes. And I, I like Olaf if it helps. But oh, if see, you're Lumiere and Derek's Cogsworth, what am I? A, a, a dresser? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. You're, you're I think like I'm the, a. I think I'm a. You just be a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I think you're Thank the. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> I think you're the old lady who comes to the door and curses him. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a vindictive. Yeah, that's me. You got it. <laughs> I want to answer next because my first answer and what I would hope people would say is Winnie the Pooh. Because I, too, am very agreeable. And I do not. It depends on who you ask whether people agree with this or not. I'm not an argumentative person about most things. There are some things you touch on I will argue to the death for because they matter to me. Um, and, and and they matter to, to everyone. They just don't know it. But uh, most of the time I'm pretty agreeable. And I'm lovable. And I like to eat. And I'm a little stuffy. on the Not in my head, but on my in my belly. I would like to take us back to last week's episode when... Pecos Bill moved on in Munch Madness and you said, quote, what's wrong with you people? 
Yes, which is why <laughs> my other answer, what people would probably say, is Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's, that's pretty accurate, too. It depends on what time of the day it is. And what time of the month. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Um, I These characters have nothing in common with each other, but I think it would be cool if people said I was like Aladdin. I mean, no one would ever say that. But, like, he's kind. Like, he gives the bread to the little kid. But he's also adventurous. He's a thief. Yeah, he steals. But for a good cause. Like, I I would like to think that I'd be willing <laughs> to take brave measures. That it's okay to steal as long as you need it. So Robin Hood? I wouldn't even say that. He steals for himself. Robin Hood steals for other people. That is true. Yeah. Well, and Derek also Lass has a... a terrible a, guy. Derek does wear a lot of vests without anything underneath it as well. So. <laughs> it's true. Um... No, but I, I mean, Aladdin, like, I, I also think, like, he's adventurous, willing to take risks for the people he cares about. Anyway, that's not really me. I just kind of admire him, and I think that'd be cool if people thought I was like that. Uh, but part of me also wished people thought I was more like Timothy Q. Mouse, who's, like, an encourager and um, willing to, like, stand by Dumbo's side and give him the little push he needs to be the elephant he can be, you know? Uh, but I think in reality, probably, probably Cogsworth as has already been mentioned or Sebastian rabbit not rabbit you're rabbit no in the Winnie the Pooh genre you're rabbit <laughs> you do have you are rabbit in that you have the uh, tendency to want to be very organized and everything has its place mm -hmm. and when something gets out of place it doesn't. You don't get upset like Rabbit does, but internally, I'm sure it upsets you. Jeremy is Tigger, and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm too. <laughs> there you go. No, I will give you that. I have Rabbit-like tendencies, but Rabbit is like <laughs> Rabbit-like tendencies. <laughs> but Rabbit is like never kind or compassionate or. Oh, now that's not true. I mean, his biggest concern is. Everything is in its proper place. Did you ever, ever see the episode of the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh <laughs> when the little bluebird Cassie becomes Rabbit's like little adopted daughter, and she and 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 Rabbit has to send her out when she learns to fly? Oh my gosh! Must have missed that episode. Tears. <laughs> There was some uh, there was some poignant moments when Cassie looks in the window and sees Rabbit holding her blankie in front of the fire and weeping because wow. the next day Rabbit has to let her go. It's like, oh my word, who thought about this and thought this was a good idea for children? Really sad. Obviously, it stuck with me to this day. But yeah, see, Rabbit has a Rabbit has a big heart. But going back to Cogsworth, you also are Cogsworth, Derek, in that you are very straight laced at times and you're very much concerned about keeping in line and 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 cogsworth is very much about we don't want to upset the master you know we've got to keep things in order keep things in in, in regiment and uh, and that's why i've always thought of you as my cogsworth <laughs> your cogsworth 
my cogs you're you're the cogsworth to my lumiere that's oh uh, i see i see there you go yeah well that's why i also mentioned sebastian because he gets he wants to make sure you know the king is happy and he gets really stressed and flustered when ariel makes his heart makes his job hard true uh-huh. plus you often speak in that jamaican accent so all the time man <laughs> steven of whom we know very little yeah and cannot judge your choices you have no idea. Oh, you know, we can't. I, I could be lying. That's right. About and this. we don't know who to who to peg on you either. So go ahead. Exactly. Um, I think I would love to be described like Woody. Um, he, he's one of my favorite Disney characters because he's an awesome leader. Um, but he has like a heart for people and his peers, and but he also just has so much adventure. And is all about telling stories. So I love Woody. That's my favorite Disney character. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think people would describe me like Timon because he is kind of wild and crazy and all over the place. He like has to keep Pumbaa in line, um, but he also has a soft side to him too. Uh, but he thinks he's hilarious, also, and I think that I'm hilarious. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also enjoy dressing in drag and doing the hula? I mean, it's been known to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, are you aching? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy does love Nathan Lane, so if... Listen, Hello. Nathan Lane. I Hi, love Nathan Lane. Oh, he's brilliant. He, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. I think he gets the respect he probably deserves. <laughs> Not in this podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll be emailing all of Steven's friends to get the real scoop on who yeah. he's like. Yeah, you can do that. All right, our last question for this Mad Q party. What is something at Walt Disney World that gives you hope for the future or perhaps inspires you to make a difference moving forward? Jeremy. All right, listen, I came up with this question because I am definitely the cheesy one of this podcast, and that's fine. And and it's the way that I live, and it, and it works for me. But I am all about finding little inspiration in every day that gives you hope and happiness for the future. And I think there's lots of things in Walt Disney World that does that. And as I racked my brain and thought about the many options that I had, I kept coming back to the Fountain of Nations at Epcot. Um, there's something very poignant there, and it literally makes me pause and reflect every time I'm there. The fact that when that fountain was dedicated, water from all over the world came and was dumped ceremonially into that fountain, and it all became one fountain. And it really reflects to me the fact that no matter where we are from or how crazy the world gets, at its core, we are all human beings and it doesn't matter where you live what color your skin is what your culture is what your background is once we mix we are more alike than what we are different and the Fountain of nations really gives me hope that even though we have our differences and we have our disagreements uh we are more alike than we are different wow 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 i think we're all tearing up a little bit you have to give us (laughs) a moment well, I'm so deep. Right now, so. <laughs> it kind of makes me feel ashamed for every time I've just walked by the Fountain of Nations. I will never look at the fountain <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> I'm sorry for complaining every time it got me wet as I walked by. Mm. Mm. Yeah, who wants to follow that one up? <laughs> um, after something so over the top, 
I'm going to bring us down to reality. And um, minus Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean gives me hope for the future. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Your answer for the last question of every Mad Q party is Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the reality of the situation. Um, there's not a lot of hope for humanity. Uh, and, and as we continue to swing from one extreme to the other, whether it's left or right, um, either way, no matter which extreme you swing to, it all ends up with people stealing and plundering and raping and pillaging. So um, I think that that's like... This is going to happen. Let's just go ahead and hunker down and enjoy the, the ride. Wow, that's bleak. That yeah. is a bleak outlook. You yeah. are literally the opposite of me. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the beast, actually, now that I think about it. Before he becomes kind. This is just, <laughs> this is just the reality. I'm not bringing my, my uh, metaphysical worldview into this this is just the assessment from a, a the naked human eye you are pre pre bell beast that's what you are yes yes yeah mm. that doesn't make me bitter towards people it just makes me realistic and and have to harbor my expectations okay well i'm gonna meet you guys somewhere in the middle here with my answer um i'll be honest attractions don't really make me think about life or maybe that makes me really shallow you never wrote horizons I didn't, that's true. Would it have made me look at the future it, in a no, different way? No, you just would have liked it, that's all. Okay. So that's the thing, like, I like attractions for what they are. I guess it's a small world in in a way does... I, I don't know. It's 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 too much for me to say it inspires me or anything. Um, but anyway, all that to say, the thing I actually thought of was cast member moments when they bring, like, a little magic to your day. You know, they're all given... Oh, and I'm saying this as we have a cast member here on our show, and I didn't even realize that as I was saying this. But uh, when, when they have those little magical moments where they offer you something, or they're just, like, really kind to a child, or they're really conversational with you in a not annoying way, as I'm sure Matt will um, interject and say. But uh, to me, like, that makes me want to go from that moment and then show kindness to someone else moving forward. It just, I don't know, it just brightens my day a little bit when I have those little moments. And uh, and it stays with me after the moment, you know, to where I am also a kinder, I guess, warmer person, at least for a few minutes after I leave the cast member. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. That's what I, that's honestly what I try and do every single day when I go to work and I get to be able to be that person. So it's nice to know it actually like translates to other people. Oh, it absolutely does. And because, um, you, you know, you go to parks or, I mean, grocery stores or really anywhere where the people are just, I don't know. There's nothing special about the way they treat you. But at Disney, it's different. And every time I, I am treated in that special way, it just it makes me want to do the same for someone else. Well, that's our goal, too. Yes, you are succeeding. Well, I've never dealt with you personally, but I'm guessing you're probably sick. <laughs> you, you never know. Hmm. Well, what I said is not uh, an attraction or a show or anything. It's more of an event. And for me, the thing that inspires me the most um, is the candlelight processional. And that I've been able to be a part of both in California and now in Florida this past Christmas season 
And it gives me hope that, um, I mean, Walt himself started that tradition in Disneyland. Mm. And he, to see something that is very traditional um, means a lot to me personally when it comes to Christmas um, to be still in effect on both coasts and still like people line up for hours to go see um, the guest narrators read the Christmas story and to hear um, Christmas songs being sung in the parks. That gives me inspiration and hope. Um, and I mean, each narrator is super fun and adds their own little twist and make sure that everyone leaves that uh, show feeling inspired and full of joy and going out to love people. So I think it's a really positive uh, experience and also means a lot to me personally. So I love the candlelight processional. That is a great answer. Didn't even think of that. Who were the narrators when you did it? Um, in California, I had Bo Bridges one year. Um, yep. And then the second <laughs> year that I did it in California, um, I forgot. I think her name is Lana something. She's the evil queen in Once Upon a Time. Yes. Yes. Uh, she did a great job. She was fantastic. And then this past year here in Florida, I was able to do it several times. Neil Patrick Harris. Anthony Mackey. Um, I went to one of the Neil Patrick Harris ones this year. Oh, maybe I was there. I was at the one where his uh, his husband and kids were in the audience. Oh, I don't think I was in that one. Um, and then I did Jody Benson towards the end of the Christmas season. And she was amazing. She's fantastic. And she met with everybody after the show and just thanked us all for being there and she was just so full of joy also. She's amazing. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's Mad Q Party. Steven, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Oh, good. Okay, so they can find you at The Daily Disney on Instagram. Yep, you bet. One picture a day. It's fantastic. Yep. All right. Well, go follow him there. And you know where to find us on Twitter and Facebook and send your emails to comments at madchatters.net. We'll see you next time. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Taglines. Holy crap, you scared me. <laughs> While you may not <laughs> While you may not think of them often, they are a part of Hollywood history. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Did we lose Matt? Oh. <laughs> I think we did. No, no, I'm blowing my nose. Uh, oh. <laughs> I didn't want you to see it. <laughs> in a world where a co-host disappears <laughs> I don't care so much if you hear it I guess would you like to do the honors of asking the first question 
I would be my privilege. Uh, what is something non-Disney to think about Disney? You want to ask that again? Did you not hear me? No, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> you said, what is something non-Disney to make you think about Disney? <laughs> no, that makes a lot more sense than what you said. I was going to say, that I, sounds... I don't know, no, I don't you know said, what you said. You said, what is something non-Disney to think of Disney? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, reading is hard for me. I'll do it again. Take two. Yeah. How about brown cow? Uh, I just followed you, Stephen, on oh, the right. Instagram, so I'm looking forward to the daily picture every day. Got it. It's the daily part. 